As we continue our series through the book of Hebrews, I invite you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, it's not like there's any hard words in the chapter, but yet it can be a lot to wrap our minds around. And so the very idea of having the faith to see those goggles that we need, we'll pray for that, that God can show us what we need to hear today and what we need to glean from God's word. So as you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 8, towards the end of the New Testament, around the books of James and some other familiar favorites, but they can be hard to find, we'll find our way to Hebrews chapter 8. And all that's been building up throughout the book of all of this Old Testament stuff mattered, and yet Christ is above and superior, above it all. We get to Hebrews chapter 8, where we get to a little bit of a shift and turning point. In the book as a whole. But before we read God's word together, let's pray. God, we pray that you give us faith. Faith as a lens by which we see the world and faith by which we read your word. Give us faith deep within our hearts that we may hear your voice, that we may see your face, that we may understand your directions. And all of this we get Today in Hebrews 8, but every day when we open our Bibles and ask you, God, show us. Show us what we need to see. Not with the eyes of the body, but with our eyes of faith. And so send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, for the faith that we need to read your word. And in your name we pray, amen. Hebrews chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. With the people of Israel and with the people of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. 
By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How much is enough? How much is enough is a good question, and it often is a way to check our level of satisfaction. When will you be satisfied? When will you have enough for it to be good enough? How much is enough? All kinds of ways in which we can ask that. But I wonder as if we get into this realm of old covenant and new covenant and tabernacle and shadows and copies and God's promises, if it's helpful to start with maybe something that we can see understand the turn that we're getting to in Hebrews chapter 8. How much is enough, we might ask, of our building, our facility, this place? We know that church is the people of God, but yet we use buildings to facilitate worship and time together and fellowship and teaching. How much is enough? We added on this great addition a few years ago, but apparently that wasn't enough. Because now there's a bathroom renovation happening just outside the sanctuary. How much is enough? Why are we doing that? After all, didn't the old bathroom work fine? Sure, it was a little bit outdated. Heard some things about carpet on the floor and stuff like that. But wasn't the old bathroom good enough? Didn't the sinks get water? Didn't the toilets flush? It sounds like the old bathroom was enough. It worked, right? The same way the old covenant was enough. There was a way to wash your hands for ceremonial cleansing rites. There was a way to get rid of your sin by using your hands to offer sacrifices, by putting gifts upon the altar. The old covenant seemed to work just fine, just like the old bathroom would have worked just fine. The sinks still worked, the toilets still flushed. We could wash our hands and get rid of our waste in the same way the Old Covenant would allow us to get rid of our sins. And yet, even though the plumbing still worked, there was something wrong with the old bathroom. And I have it on good authority from Larry on behalf of all plumbers that the fact that the plumbing still worked as a tie to the covenants will not let any, they won't go to their heads. So just keep an eye on any plumbers you know today for any delusions of grandeur this week. The old covenant worked just fine. The plumbing worked, but it didn't work for all the people, did it? We notice in verse 8 that God didn't find fault with the covenant itself, but verse 8 says God found fault with the people and said, I've got to make a new covenant. What was wrong with the old covenant? Well, what was wrong with the bathrooms that have now been demolished and we head towards what is new for what is Old is obsolete and will soon be removed. Not everybody could get in it. Not everybody knew where it was. Even if it worked just fine on the inside, if you knew where it was and could get to it, it wasn't accessible for everybody. And in the same way, this new covenant that God is establishing through Christ is one that is meant to be accessible in a way that the old covenant was not. Not everybody could find their way to the old covenant, and even if you could find your way to it, you might not be able to access it and get into that old covenant. Here we can overlap with covenants and bathrooms quite easily. We needed a new covenant, one that could be enough for all of God's people. So, as the closing verse of the chapter says, he has made the first one obsolete 
and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear because something new is needed, something different. So one covenant that worked just fine but wasn't going to be enough. It wasn't going to work for all the people. They wouldn't find their way to it. We find a new covenant. Now, God speaks with eternal goodness. It shouldn't be a surprise that the old covenant would be just fine because what God makes, God makes immeasurably and infinitely good. And us, as we seek to make a better bathroom, we know it'll work for a while, and then someday, 30, 40 years later, there'll be a different group of people at this church, there'll be a different group in leadership who will say, I can't believe in 2023 that that group didn't think of this. And if any of us are still around, we'll say, it was 2023, nobody was thinking of that. But we are always growing in that way, that how much is enough? Well, this can be enough. But we know that at some level, nothing will ever truly be fully and perfectly enough while we are here on this earth. We can make things better. We can grow into them. We can think things through afresh and anew. And God does the same for us as God comes to us and approaches us. How much is enough? How much is enough? When will we be satisfied? We can think of that with God's covenants, but we can think of that on our everyday stuff. How much money is enough to feel secure? How much work do we have to have to feel useful? How many calls or letters or visits from our relatives is enough for us to be satisfied and to not feel forgotten by them? How many points do we need to score to feel valued on the team? How much affirmation and encouragement do we need to feel secure? How much is enough indeed? When will we ever be satisfied? I wonder if God turned that question on us and said, how much is enough? How much do I have to do for you, for you to trust me? How much is enough that you could put your faith in me? How much is enough of my signs and wonders for you to put me as central in your life? How much is enough? Jesus answered that question in Matthew chapter 11 when he talks about all of, the, all of the miracles and signs and wonders that he did among the people of God, those who were established in the Old Covenant. And yet here's what Jesus says in Matthew 11, starting at verse 21. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, those are wicked cities, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it'll be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you'll go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have, been, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on that day of judgment than for you. How much is enough? Jesus is saying all the miracles and all the signs and wonders that God could possibly do for us will never actually be enough. And so we might turn to God and say, well, how much is enough? When will we be satisfied with what you've done for us? The old covenant couldn't bring about that satisfaction. When has God done enough in our lives for us to trust him, for us to say, you are central in my life? that we will be satisfied in you and in you alone. How much is enough? It would seem that in this Old Covenant, in verses 8 through 12, that is a quote from the prophet Jeremiah, 
It would seem like it would have been enough. Verse 9, we're told, when I took them by the hand. I mean, can you imagine if God were coming to you and say, let me take you by the hand, let me lead you out of sin, out of wickedness, let me deliver you, let me take you by the hand and lead you to salvation. Wouldn't that be enough? Wouldn't it be enough for God to take us by the hand and lead us? We would think so. And yet history tells us, no, not even that was enough. Instead, we don't need to be taken by the hand. We need Jesus to do it for us. We can't be taken by the hand and led to salvation. We need Jesus to accomplish salvation for us. And so in verse 10, we get to the turning point. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Notice that we've gone from hands to mind and heart. Because hands, rightly so, symbolize work and deeds. And in the Old Covenant, it was a lot of works and deeds that you could do with your hands. And God is saying that covenant was not working. We couldn't get everybody into it. But rather, we need this to be a matter of the mind and heart. And the only hands that are operating in the New Covenant are the hands of Jesus that were crucified for us. How much is enough? It is not to be enough to be led by the hand, to be taken to salvation, but to have Jesus accomplish salvation for us with his hands. This is where God says, this is enough. In verse 11, that they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Verse 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. This is enough for God that our sins and our wickedness can be forgotten and forgiven. How much is enough? It's not a matter of hands, because we could never earn our salvation with our hands, but with the crucified hands of Christ. In this covenant, morality is a byproduct of our salvation being worked out within our mind and our heart. No longer pursuing the law with our hands, but having it written on our minds and our hearts, that it may work from the inside out and transform us. And so, do we find the works of our hands changed? Yes, if salvation is at work, if God is at work within us. How much is enough? Has God done enough for us? Has God done enough for you? If God were to ask you, how much is enough for me to do for you? Is salvation on the cross, is Easter Sunday and the resurrection from the dead, is that enough? Or do we find ourselves still needing something more? something else. How much is enough? When will we be satisfied? Enough to make a difference. That, that we find God's law, that we find God's laws written on our minds and hearts, that we have Christ within our hearts, that that becomes enough for us to actually change us, to actually make a difference, and enough to say, you know what, life is busy, life is full of competing priorities and things that fill up our time and schedules, but this is enough that I need to make Christ central in my life to say there has to be enough space in the middle of my heart, in the middle of my schedule, in the middle of my life and mind that Christ is central, that Christ is enough for us to be in that middle spot, central to everything else that we do, and that the works of our hands are transformed from the inside out, from our minds and hearts, working out to our hands. This is enough. This is the new covenant 
that God is making with us, that God has established with us, is it enough? Are we satisfied with it? Or do we find ourselves still wanting God to prove it to us in some other way? This covenant should be one where we find ourselves permanently and immensely satisfied with Christ and in Christ. Permanently and immensely satisfied both with Christ and in Christ. That we say, Jesus, you are enough. And I always want to be digging a little bit deeper into your grace. I always want to be exploring what it means that you have saved me and redeemed me and called me your own. I always want to be pressing a little bit further into that truth and in that reality that Jesus is simultaneously always enough for us, come what may throughout all of life's trials and tribulations and hardships and heartbreaks. Jesus is enough, and we push a little bit further into the envelope of God's grace that we never plateau in such a way that we're satisfied with where we are, but that our understanding is one of growth in that immeasurably and immensely satisfying grace of God. God then, when we are pushing into grace, God is enjoying our attention as never before. And so I wonder, does God have your attention? Does God have the central spot in your mind and heart where where there's dedicated space to enjoy and celebrate and to grow into this new covenant that's meant to be for all people, from the least to the greatest, where God has said, I have done enough for you. I have forgiven your wickedness and will remember your sins no more. A checkpoint for us when we say, how much is enough? And we want to say, yeah, Jesus is enough. When will we be satisfied? Yeah, we're satisfied with Jesus. It's to catch ourselves with what we want Jesus and. And that, can, that and can be filled with good things. Well, I want Jesus. And I want to have enough money to retire well. I want Jesus and I'm looking for a good spouse or I want Jesus and I want my children to find good spouses. I want Jesus and I want to make the team. I want Jesus and honestly, I want to be team captain. I want Jesus and I want that promotion. I really, really do. I want Jesus and I want to hear from those relatives that seem to have forgotten about me. I want Jesus and I want to be a little bit healthier. I want Jesus and I would like to be a little bit more popular. I want Jesus and, 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 and. Friends in Christ, I want Jesus, period. Start there and let all of the other ands, the both ands, be added to it. Because for us to be asked by God, how much is enough? It's not actually enough when we find ourselves saying, I want Jesus and. I want Jesus. Jesus, because Jesus is enough to transform me from the inside out. Jesus is enough. On my best days, God has still got it superior above everything else. On my worst days, Jesus is still enough. When life did not work out the way I thought it would, Jesus is still enough. When I feel abandoned and forgotten, Jesus is still enough. When it seems that my prayers that I earnestly want, even from, I think, a good place in my heart, and they're not happening the way I want them to happen, Jesus is still enough. 
This is where the prophet Isaiah says all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags in comparison to God's righteousness. Or in Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, whatever, whatever were gains to me, I now consider losses for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Paul says, I consider them garbage, garbage in comparison, that I may gain Christ, that Jesus can be enough. And all of the other ands that get added into our lives, they're bonuses. When we have Jesus and Jesus is truly enough and we could say, I want Jesus, how much is enough? Jesus is enough for me. When we arrive at that place, then we look around and we take stock of everything else in our lives and we say, that's gravy. Gravy or garbage, depending on if you're reading Paul or if you're thinking through how blessed you are. I have Jesus and I have this, that, the other, everything else. These are additional blessings added onto the grace of Jesus Christ established in this new covenant, this new holy promise to us. And in that, Jesus is enough. And so, if you struggle with how to pray, this week pray that simple prayer, I want Jesus, period. Amen. Let's pray. We want you, Jesus. And we want you to be enough. And we're, we're tempted to think that you're not enough that we need you and something else. Direct us back. Shepherd us back into the safe fold of your love and grace. Get our attention as you have never gotten our attention before, that we can earnestly say, you are enough, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Amen.